Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. I'm Robbie Ferguson, and I'm joined tonight by Sasha Rickman, and Shizu Yamaguchi is back with us again uh, for the second time in about a year. And uh, when she was here last time, we talked about Mary Kondo and the life-changing magic of tidying up, a book that has really revolutionized the organizational system in my house. And uh, Shizu's going to take that to the next level, I believe, tonight and show us how we can take that organizational skill learn from that book and translate it to our desktop computers, our laptops, our technology. Don't want to miss out. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 563. Three. Yes. 563 weeks of Category 5 TV. Wow. Save that one. Oh. I'm just not going to talk about that. Power was we out were here. two weeks ago. Oh, we were no. here. We were here, but power was out. And then the following... No, that was three weeks ago. And then, then the, the f- following week, the internet wouldn't work. Oh, my goodness. So we were on LTE. So we have a new internet tower on our roof providing our internet tonight which is fantastic so not only is it faster and more reliable it's got unlimited bandwidth and michael said wouldn't you guys like to maybe bring back backstage pass and so we did yes so hi backstage pass it's actually front stage pass so you see the white camera over there Ah, i see yeah yeah, and they can see us so that is our second stream so that you can Mm -hmm. kind of see behind the scenes even when we're off the air and things like that it's kind of fun and tonight is a bit of an experiment to see how it works (laughs) it's like a voluntary big brother is it not? Yeah, a, little a little bit. Little? No. A little bit. Is, little, it, is that too much? Little creepy I think that's there, too Shizu. much. I, I think I was yeah. just putting in the humor. I'm, I'm trying. Okay. I'm really trying. <laughs> <laughs> just throw a dark spin on it. Right there. I don't know. I know. Okay. Uh, what I'm using is, uh, now Michael will be interested to hear about this because we were talking on Patreon about, you know, I need to get a camera to do a backstage pass because the last time we had backstage pass was at our previous studio in mm-hmm. season seven. Uh, so with this, what, what I've done is I've taken that camera that you remember from cat5.tv slash ptz so it's a pan tilt zoom camera love this thing from wow. Cam. Right. and so it's right now for our test tonight it's sitting on a desk and it's pointed at us now ultimately what we're going to do is mount it on the wall and it will be our backstage camera so it's streaming a secondary stream to youtube and it's interesting how i did that you you want to you want to know yeah, I do want to know. I'm such a geek. Me too. I want to know. Okay, yeah. good. Phew. Yeah. I'm glad that there are other geeks here. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Okay, so I've got, I've got computers all around, and right. a lot of them are running Linux, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the only ones that are running Windows, are they have to be running Windows because of our production suite for, for video production. Right. Um, so on one of those Linux computers, I was like, well, how can I stream from an OnVIF camera to a YouTube channel with no computer 
like no second Wirecast server, for example. Right. So what I did is I, on Linux, so it's Debian, I installed FFmpeg. This is so simple, and yet it just clicked, and I was like, oh, this makes sense. So on a computer that already is running 24-7, it's just one of our servers here, Mm -hmm. uh, I installed FFmpeg, and I connected FFmpeg with RTSP to the camera, because you remember when we reviewed it, there's an RTSP live stream always running on the camera that we are not using, but it's internal, so we can watch it from any of our computers, but nobody outside can watch it. It's internal only. Right. Um, So then FFmpeg now loads the RTSP, and instead of an output file, where Uh FFmpeg you would normally output to a file, I output to the RTMP on YouTube. So it's basically live streaming to itself through FFmpeg, and then relaying it up to YouTube in real time, low latency. And that is super cool. It works fantastically well. And virtually free, because it's just using hardware that we already have. So um, definitely something that I might want to, like, show you if that's of interest to you. I'm really interested in taking cameras and making things like live webcams and uh, and things like that. So Mm -hmm. one of my next Raspberry Pi builds is going to take that approach. And now here's another thing I can throw at it. That's super. FFmpeg live relaying to... YouTube. How cool is that? Uh, Pretty awesome. (laughs) Did you roll your eyes just there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh! So um, with our new internet connection, I just want to say thank you to those of you, not only who are patrons um, in the past, but also who have become patrons. And also some of you have decided to take on that uh, installation because it did cost a lot of money to bring it in. Mm -hmm. And I still got to pay the bill. um, But some folks have said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to pitch in a little bit extra here and some a lot extra to help us get that internet connection up and running which is graciously already installed so yes um, so thank you to those of you if you'd like to be a part of that help fund what we do here uh, of course our patreon page is uh, patreon.com slash category five but if you'd like to throw a little extra in the tip jar you can simply go to donate.category5.tv and there's a ton of options Mm -hmm. whether you want to pay just by credit card um, just to throw something in the, into the tip jar uh, toward that. Exactly. Um, and Libre Pay. What is Libra lib- Pay? It's, it's, is- it's a strange word because I think of Libre, L-I-B-R-E. Yeah, but it's what is L-I-B-E-R-A. It's like, like library, but not. Libre? Libre. Libre. Libre Pay. What is Libre that? Pay. Um, Libre Pay. So what it is, is it, it's kind of like Patreon, but without the perks and without the minimums, you know, like Patreon, it's a dollar a month kind of thing. Right. Uh, which is, you know, anyone can do that. But if maybe you want to do something different, Libre Pay, uh, Libre Pay allows you to do any amount um, that you like, and it's strictly a donation. So it's just another donation platform, but it's interesting because it works on that social model and right. you can see how much is being donated to Category 5 at that time and you can just throw something into that tip jar and it's a recurring payment that comes off of your credit card uh, every time you reach $10, I think it is. Right. Something like that. That's so, simple and easy. Yeah, it's a cool way that you can support us and that is now found And when you go to donate.category5.tv. It's one of the ways um, that you can support us. 
Affiliate links really help too. Certainly. And it's almost Prime Day. So I know Amazon does that really big thing and they send me lots of messages. July 16th? Yes. It starts, yeah. So that means there's going to be incredible deals on Amazon. You're going to want to buy them and it's super easy just to click the affiliate links and then. Yeah. You, don't you just have to go intro. to our website, and it's category5.tv. Click on support us, and you'll see our partner links. And if you shop nice. on Amazon anyways, mm-hmm. a portion of that sale is going to go to supporting Category 5 TV because we're all volunteers, and we do this thing for free. That's right. But it does <gasps> not cost the free. You know what else we do for free? What do we do? Give out games sometimes. I know, right? Yeah. We yeah. still have some dead effects to VR. Very few. Like, I'm, like, I'm looking, I just sent Bill his, uh, his activation key, yeah. um, Dead, Attack, uh, Dead Effect 2 VR, and there is, uh, I think, only three copies of the game left. So now your email has to be really awesome to win. No, it's a random Bill draw. really raised the bar. That's right. <laughs> so email us at contest at category5.tv and let us know who you are, where you're watching from, um, how you're watching. Then you'll be submitted into a draw to win the game and then you can play with either myself or Dave become our friends on Steam there you go (laughs) makes sense makes sense speaking of um being able to support Category 5 TV just quickly. We have shirts. Category <gasps> 5 TV shirts. Yes. You can go to cat5.tv slash shirts um, to, um, to check those out. Now, you, you started talking. I know I just had to mention the shirts because people are asking about them. Um, uh, Dead Effect 2 VR. Yes. On Steam. Yes. With your VR headset. Yes. We were getting into the discussion before the show. And you put a stop. You're like, no, wait. This has to be said this has on, to be the on the air. This has to be on the air. So, (laughs) as most of you know, I love my Vive, love it, and I love my VR games, and you were asking which games I actually play. Now, I'm incredible at headshots, it turns out, so I do play some first-person shooters, but not like a whole ton. It's called headshots. Wow. Yeah. I'm incredible like at headshots. Chest. I'm incredible at headshots. Shots. Like I have like super accuracy in headshots. It's ridiculous. I'm also a vegetarian. So <laughs> just like to throw that out there. Not going to be shooting anything for real. Um, but then I also I have like table tennis and I have a game called Audio Shield where like the beat of the music is shown in spheres that you punch out of the air. Um, but then I have a meditation VR game that I like where you can pick anywhere, well not anywhere in the world, like anywhere conceivable to go sit and do a guided meditation. Nice. So I cool. meditated in a cave on the moon one what? day. Wow. (laughs) I've also, like, come home, sat in my living room, and been just on a beach. And the water just laps up. And, yeah, it's good. Dave plays, like, Arizona Sunshine and Fallout 4. Dave has the beach meditation? Dave doesn't play the meditation stuff (laughs) as much. (laughs) And then we did get the Star Trek game. I can't wait to see it. And that brings me to my point is that I have not yet experienced modern VR. Right. Have you experienced oh, you haven't? it? No. What do you mean? We went to like, VRTO. The okay. show went to VRTO. Okay. And yeah, yeah. We sent Henry. What do you mean? Okay. And Henry had a blast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't get to go. So what do you mean by modern VR? Modern VR, like I played Virtual Boy. That's not. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well. Is a failed yeah. reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my virtual reality experience comes out of um, things like 
the early days. So VR, um, oh. Virtual Boy was the original. So you're like Nintendo. ahead of the, you're ahead of the curve, right? Yeah, So you that's got what to I'll see say. like the very beginning, you know? Yes. Yeah, right. And so cool. now that it's taken off and become as realistic as it is that you can sit and meditate on the moon in a cave. That's right. You're going to be I've yet to experience blown that. blown away. Like it's, it is incredible. Dogs in Dead Effect 2, like, I don't think they're actually dogs. They're like weird, Alien rabid, creatures. four-legged yeah. things. But they just come out at you out of nowhere. And you you flinch, and when you crouch, you're crouching behind things. Oh, and yeah? Have you ever come close to, like, taking out your TV? Hi. Uh, no, because Dave is careful. And so so he Dave set is up, like your spotter? No, he calibrated the system so that oh. you're always, like your main view is pointing away from the TV. Oh, that's smart. Right? So when Dave is spectating on the couch, he I've gets almost one in the hit face. him. Yeah, I've almost hit him. And he, in turn, has almost hit me. He actually, once we were playing... <laughs> in uh, turn, <laughs> he fights back. We were playing a longbow game. Yeah. And he... And he didn't know where I was sitting, but he literally, for like 10 minutes, was just shooting arrow after arrow at me. I was like, oh. Oh, Cool. Have you ever done VR? Yes. On a few occasions. What have you done? Um, I don't think I could name the specific brands and all of that stuff, but I have done the Google Travel All Over the World one. (gasps) Yeah, Google Earth. Which is very cool. That's in VR now? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, you can walk down the streets. So I had actually... What was kind of interesting, though, was um, the person that I did it with as well visited places that we had already been. So it was really interesting because I had just gone to Florence for a week, my first time traveling in Italy, and so I was able to use Google Earth to visit the very places wow. that I was. So are these like street view images that have been converted into 360? Yeah, not or? street view. I think um, like it's it's very much like a reconstruction. Okay. Um, so there's not like people walking around and stuff like that. Right. I don't, at least What's, I don't remember people. But it's like it is like the like the Google Maps. You know when you go into Google Maps and you click that little person icon. Yeah. And and then you like yeah, it's picture after picture so see exactly. What, so, so is it like that? Yeah. It's it's like that yeah I, I would say it's a little more cartoonish right at okay. least the version that I, I tried mm-hmm. that was last maybe last fall okay mm-hmm. but um, pretty cool I had the opportunity to get on on, on another game I just tried so many different games I think the coolest one was probably a paint program it was like a 3d paint program oh, okay and you're really into creative design well, and stuff. well so. this was the most well one of the most unique because um, of course, it was like boxing games and like shooting games were like terrifying for me, like zombies coming at me. I'm like, no, like this is not this yeah, is not yeah. a good time. But I really liked um, the paint one because it was something that I would never be able to do in real life. Mm-hmm. Like I would be able to do a video game. I might actually, I mean, be in a circumstance of war. I don't know why. Hopefully never. Um, but the paint one was really interesting because I was able to like paint things in 3D and then teleport myself to the other side of the room which was like so cool like yeah. when do you ever get to do that ever right wow. it was really amazing was and that, just being able to like sorry was that tilt tilt brush yes I think yes. so yes yeah. yeah that one was really neat and then also I was actually um, able to see an invention of, of someone at uh, OCAD Use Lab and so they um, had like a VR version so that you could see it well, they had like a VR setup because yeah. that was part of uh, this particular researcher's thing. And it was so funny because he said, oh, like, let me just show you something that I made in like a couple hours. It's like, it's not that great. And so we put put this thing 
I, I had the VR glasses on, uh-huh. and it was blood vessels. Like it was like the like the flip being inside a blood vessel wow. in a giant room, and these huge like I don't know what you call them cells, blood cells, yeah. red blood cells, and white blood cells, and there were just it wasn't a lot of them, but they were just circling around and like moving, and I was like that blew my mind as well because so much potential well it's just so interesting because he was like oh yeah it took a couple hours and it wasn't really that i don't think he was playing it down or anything he just basically said um yeah i just made this thing and but i was blown away because that experience is also like when will you ever see crazy floating cells just going around like it's so different like i see stuff like that and like i think it would like bring me to tears with the thought that this could be used for like micro surgeries and things like mm-hmm. that to be able to yeah. immerse yeah. yourself to to remove a tumor or yeah. something like that exactly. and have robotics control exactly. what you're doing yeah. on the macro scale they, like, yeah sorry yeah. they use um for training purposes they use vr for people who are doing like um helicopter rescues Right, so that you can kind of get the really? butterfly feeling out. You know exactly what oh, you're doing, okay. like right? for training, wow. for training purposes. Okay, that's really they good. They also use it for therapy and phobias. Nice. Right? Now so I have seen expose yourself in a safe environment. In Toronto, there is an amazing setup for uh, vehicle rehabilitation for people who have been through tragedies in a car accident and things like that. Right. Where th- they're immersed in a, a vehicular um, scenario that's right. completely VR. But everything from but it's it's a real car. They're sitting in a in an Audi with a steering wheel and everything else and the rain is coming down in front of them mm-hmm. but they're surrounded in screens mm-hmm. and it, 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 it could totally it's be used for that or think about people who can't travel going back exactly. to your google earth vr and so you know you were there yeah and well, then you went there and hey this is cool but imagine <laughs> if you were bound to a wheelchair or a hospital bed yeah, yeah. and you could just put on this headset and i'm in venice yeah. or you know on well, a date with my wife somewhere halfway around the world that's true that'd be that so cool yeah. I, I mean, I have to say one of the interesting things about some of the experiences, like I had a chance to get on a rocket and like, tr- like just like fly over buildings and it was wow. pretty cool. Um, but what was interesting was that only certain games for me had like an emotional impact mm-hmm. and like stayed in my brain, like locked in my brain. Because I really thought flying around on a rocket would be more fun. And it was at first. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Never done this before. But after a while, I just, I don't know, it just kind of wore off maybe. I was just oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm just kind of flying around on the city and I go this way hmm. and I go that way. And there's buildings this way. Here's a tall one. Here's a short one. And then maybe being more immersed in like a game and also right. having the element of something you absolutely cannot do anywhere else within mm. this known world, right? Like seeing crazy huge objects or exactly all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What has your VR experience been so far? Or have you had any experience? Or are you like me and you've played Virtual Boy? <laughs> which was pathetic. You are no, the door is no, always open, Robbie. It was. Come over. It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, but you selflessly gave someone else the opportunity to do what you would have liked to have done. So that's that's even that's even there you better. Go. Oh, that's a, that's that's a, a better, great way to spin it. Yeah, I allowed <laughs> Sasha to buy an HTC Vive and then come back and report. That's a bigger <laughs> gift. Yeah, I'm not gonna go, go further with it. Just yeah. <laughs> it was a news story that made it happen. 
Do you remember? Exa- I do. Yeah. Yes. Anytime we do a news story about a product, Sasha buys it. It's true. It's wonderful. Or if we anytime, oh, then I get anytime money's tight, I just have to review something really, really cool. It's true. Like, and yeah, it's unfortunate. I fall in love with little gadgets very easily. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, we do need to take a quick break, Shizu. Um, and uh, when we come back, what is, what is it that you do? You want to share a little bit about what you're here for, just briefly before the break? Uh, absolutely. I'm here to have a good time, and I'm here to talk about the Marie Kondo method. I came on the show last year to speak of it, and I want to give a follow-up presentation regarding how I con Marie did my uh, MacBook Pro. So that's coming up. Can't wait to hear it. Stick around. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Find our website at category5.tv. Joined tonight by Shizu Yamaguchi. Of course, Sasha's here as well. But Shizu uh, was here about a year ago and uh, talked to us about the, is it Marie Kondo? The Marie Kondo. Marie Magic Art of Tidying Up. It has certainly had an impact on on my household and the organization skills uh, of my wife. And Mm -hmm. she's tried to push these these lessons that she's learned on me. (laughs) I'm not quite as good at the organization. Wait, are you a disorganized person? I am. Okay. I'll admit it. Have you ever done a Google search about being disorganized? I have never Googled being disorganized. Because this changed my life. We have the book. Mm-hmm. My wife even bought the the ma- manga version, <laughs> so that so that I, it, the kids can read it, and <laughs> maybe Robbie can also read it. <laughs> okay, so this is how long do I have? Uh, we've got about twenty five minutes. Okay. So you want to uh, re- quickly recap? What, what is the? So yeah, so last year I came on the show, and I had read this book, the Marie Kondo. It's called the KonMari Method, and the book title is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And the basic proposition of this book... I'm going to leave that wide. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the basic proposition of this book is that you should get your act together and clean your stuff up, however, in a very specific manner so that everything you keep is something that you feel a feeling of joy and magic and this feeling of just like, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. So you go through, the, through your shirts, your pants, your everything, your books, your personal belongings, everything you own, basically, you put through that filter. And, and it's not witchcraft. This is like... I go through. Okay, I go. I've gone through. My, well, it's it sounds all, yeah, a little heebie-jeebie when it's like, oh, do, you know, is it magic? Is it bring okay, joy? But yeah. I go through my cupboard, my closet, and yeah. I'm like, okay, I lost some weight a year ago. 
Yes. And I'm still losing weight. And there are shirts that when I put them on, yeah. I feel angry. <laughs> and I yes, feel exactly like right. I feel really That's... disgusted with myself. Oh, no. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to get rid of these shirts because they spark that feeling yeah. when I put them on. And, and if they're the only thing that's clean, I will put them on. And, and so I don't, yeah. I don't want that. So get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Replenish my well, okay. wardrobe. So it's a very interesting it's an interesting topic, and I've been thinking a lot about it since I had the opportunity to actually apply this method to my computer. Um, mm. So maybe I'll just get started on that first, because this organization, systemization, it worked really well with my computer. I do have a caveat on the method, and I think it's an important one because it helped me to better embrace being disorganized in certain aspects of my life and I think it's just an add-on maybe like an addendum to the book at the back maybe you know like a asterisk being disorganized is actually a sign of maybe a sign of something else great actually creativity and, maybe that's, and yeah genius and, mm. <laughs> I'm hoping because yeah, I don't know. I really, man. really hope so. All right, so let's apply this though. To <laughs> I'm going to use that, <laughs> honey. Yeah. I'm smart, okay? That's <laughs> why like all I my said, stuff is everywhere. This is, this is the whole thing. So let's go through the process. So okay. first, we'll go through this uh, application to uh, my computer. So have you <clears throat> have you taken what you learned and applied those principles now to the technology that you use? Yes. Or is this specifically something that's talked about in the book? Um, it's not really talked about in the book, but um, I know that last year when we spoke about this method, you asked about, you know, how does this apply to computers or, mm-hmm. you know, I think, Sasha, you actually had a question about, you know, would you scan everything mm-hmm. that you really loved and then put it onto your computer somewhere? And I didn't, I don't know if I had the best answer for that. Uh, however, computers are very, I mean, they're interesting things. I mean, they have different facets. You can put in a million documents into your one terabyte computer, I guess. Right. Um, I do have a Windows computer at home, and it does have that capability. And I actually would have applied it to my uh, my Windows PC. However, I really don't have to. <laughs> just because you have so much space, so you're like, well, it's just it's so straightforward. You just type whatever so you what want into the I need, search I need, bar. I need a and bigger closet. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. <laughs> Is that the thing? <laughs> Not really. Uh, well, maybe, maybe. But so, what um, what made you think about doing it on your Mac? Is it it doesn't have as much space? Um, you know what it was. I just had some free time, and I was like, okay. "Hey, let's just see what happens if I organize this in a way that's a little bit more streamlined." Okay, I can't wait okay. to learn this. So, I'm going to yeah. switch over to your MacBook, um, just mm-hmm. so the viewers at home can see what uh, what you're showing here. Yeah. All right, so say hello to uh, my favorite band member of The Strokes, Julian Casablancas. Um, he's being a little unfriendly. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> so this is my um, opening screen. And usually with Macs in general, they have this dock thing at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And what I did was usually there's, the dock has a long line of a bunch of things that you can keep on there. But what I did is I minimized it to the two things that I need. So Chrome is on there and Finder wasn't? Finder you can't get rid of. And oh, okay. also the Your trash. trash crazily I actually just went through my trash today in preparation for this oh, yes. because obviously you know you want to keep your computer apropos, you know, you don't want personal documents showing up. So anyway, I emptied my trash and there were 
60,000 items wow. that I deleted. Like, right. I emptied you my already, trash. You already decided that this was garbage. Oh, yeah. I had I'd put it into my trash. I've only had this computer for a year, and I don't know how I had so Holy much cow, garbage. But I went into, like, okay, I can literally open up my, my, my trash right now. Yep. And there's a, a screenshot. That's it. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, 60,000. What Whew. the schmoky? Um, all right. So let's begin at the beginning. So I decided... Since Finder was there, I decided to optimize it. So usually... And th this information, this, this mm -hmm. concept transcends the MacBook to Linux, Windows. It doesn't matter what type of computer I use. Yeah. The concepts that Shizu is teaching us today are hopefully going to work their way to my Linux desktop as well. Yeah. So I basically just wanted to make my computer mine, how I use it, what I use the most. And so what I did is I just minimized, 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 and I thought about what elements I use the most. Mm -hmm. So I just made it the most useful computer for me. And the benefits in this, I'll just say this up front, <clears throat> my battery life, my battery life, <laughs> <laughs> my battery life is actually improved quite a bit. Really? Uh, that's just a subjective thing. But you know how you always... <laughs> is it because kinda, of programs that are not running in the background? I don't know what it like is, that? but I feel like optimizing your usage of it somehow. I don't, And it definitely wasn't because of all of the items that I had on it, because I just deleted those documents right. or mm. the trash yeah. like, today. So maybe it's subjective, but I really like plugging it in. I just don't do it. I don't think I do it as often as I used to. Hmm. And I had had my computer since last june so okay. i think it's a pretty decent you know comparison right mm -hmm. i see things like skype on your screen <clears throat> for example yes and skype is not <clears throat> in the dock bar so i presume that means it's not actually running yeah it's not running which means it's not using battery yeah right okay so basically what i did here is i i set it up so that it opens up on the applications and I named, I renamed, I tried to find a way to put all of the most used applications that I use up front and center. Okay. And I really tried to minimize as much as possible. And I would have put, so this is my organizational system. So iMovie, I named one. <laughs> Photoshop, I named one one. Okay. And so is this just so that they'll organize themselves alphabetically? On your screen? So that they'll show up first. So okay. the first thing that happens when I click on applications is I'll see one, 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 and it wasn't really... It's binary. It's binary? One, 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 zero, 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 one. Maybe I should have done like a one, zero, one, zero. That would have been a little fun. Just alternate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That would have been good. And I think I had to figure out what the system was for Max and how they organized it, because I think A didn't work. Okay. For some reason. Or one, the ones just work better. So anyway, those are the four, the five most used applications that I do use. I would have put, um, so there's iMovie, uh, Photoshop, Word, uh, GarageBand, that should probably be higher now, actually, and Skype. And system preferences is where all the magic happens. I would have tried to name that uh, with some one combination to get it up front, uh, but they wouldn't allow me to change the name. Oh, okay. So that's one of the uh, maybe faults in the system. However, it might not be a good idea to actually lose track of 
system preferences, right? Right. You're relying almost exclusively on the icon itself. Like the Photoshop icon is how you recognize that it that II or 11 is the Photoshop. Icon? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can imagine what Apple thinks about when they name when they allow naming or don't allow naming, renaming, um, if you were to lose system preferences somehow, you named it like Bing Bong Bang or something like that, like right. that would not be good because right. if you were trying to change some kind of setting that was important, mm-hmm. you would not know where system preferences right. was, right? Exactly. So, okay, so this is the thing that I kind of liked. I went through, adjusted the dock, you know, minimized some of this stuff. I experimented with the dock. I don't know, how familiar are you with Macs? Uh, well, it's very similar to Linux <coughs> in that, you know, with Linux, um, like this to me looks like um, Mate with um, okay. with a dock bar. Okay. So pretty pretty much the same, and it's Unix-based. Okay. So. Very cool. Um, do they have, so basically the dock bar can be minimized. It can do this. I'll show you. Scale effect, genie effect. So if I come out of here... There are many different things you can do with the dock. Um, so you can actually position it in different places. Oh, okay. So I yeah. experimented with that. Mm-hmm. I experimented with the size as well. Um, I had it like this big at oh, one yes. point. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a little too much. Um, what else did I do? I tried doing the automatically hide and show dock feature as well. Yeah. So this is a feature, and I'll just change the size of it and make it big so you can kind of see what happens. So this allows you to use the full screen, and anytime you need it, you just mouse over, and it like shows right. up for you. Um, I don't like this, and I don't know why, but that just was my preference. It's just a I, personal preference. Because I, I don't know. I can't immediately see where it is, and it's kind of annoying to have to... Right do two actions instead of just one so and I, I just on a windows machine there's a windows button that brings up your start menu is there anything like that on a macbook mm. that you know of yeah not really no yeah okay. yeah that you would probably, be ideal you could probably search for programs just like you can um search for programs just like you can as well uh, let me just fix this back okay all right so moving on this is actually the one feature that I actually really like. Um, date and time. Yeah. This is kind of a feature that's just kind of fun, I think. So every quarter hour, you can customize a voice to tell you the time. So please hear out. There's different voices you can choose. There's Karen, Vina, Moira, Fiona. <laughs> and let me... Uh, <laughs> I actually, my favorite is the use system voice, which is not a very nice, or, like, what's in a name, I guess? <laughs> use system Most voice, okay, but here it is. By my voice. So it's telling you something. It's, it's, you're hearing a voice. Karen, <laughs> let's, let's hear out Hello, Karen. Hello, my name is Karen. So they have, like, I different accents and stuff. So this is your clock instead of having a clock on the screen? Well, or? the clock's on the screen, but it's... I don't know. It's a bit of a relief because I'm not always checking the time. Mm-hmm. So when I'm okay. using my computer, I just kind of get automatically updated. Right. How much okay. time has passed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not yeah. even... It's actually in- incredibly non-intrusive to have the time just kind of 
told to you. And I think in general, right, this seems to be the direction of IOTs in general, right? With like Google Home and yeah. these different devices. Everything's hey Alexa, being done hey yeah, Alexa, by, by voice house. command. And there's something. <laughs> some cookies. Yeah, just easier. Sorry. <laughs> We're talking about Alexa. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Got us going. About just cookies. reminiscing about dollhouses and cookies. Yeah. Um, all right. Veena. Hello. It's here, Veena. My name is Veena. I am an Indian English So voice. the organizational kind of process for you has been not just to clean up your desktop and things like that, but also to customize your computer, make it feel more like, hey, this is Shizu's computer. It's meant to work for you. Yeah, it's very much uh, optimized optimized to what I like. Cool. And I think the aspect that relates to Marie Kondo is well, organization as well. Um, well your desktop looks incredibly uncluttered, mm-hmm. which I love. Yes. And I, and I kind of envy because mine ends up getting filled with icons. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I can't well, stand that. <laughs> I'll tell you, my simple way around it is I just hide my icons. You hide your desktop icons? Yes, because I like my wallpaper, right? Right, So my okay. wallpaper at work is a picture um, from the balcony where Dave and I had our honeymoon. Oh, and cool. it's all palm trees yep. and the water, and I want to see it. So I just hide all my icons, and then when I need to do something like work, I just... <laughs> Unhide them, find my thing, open it, and then hide them again. Okay. So it's similar. That's not yeah, bad. Like, that's that not bad. Yeah. What do you keep on your desktop? I'm just curious. For work, like yeah. mostly just like work programs, like the operating system. The applications yeah, the themselves. Applica- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. And then on my home computer, it's literally just all VR games. <laughs> oh yeah. All, <laughs> but we we actually desktop. have all of the icons up because they're fun. And Dave will change the um, the order of them to like make a smiley face out of the icons, you know, yeah. things like that. What I tend to do is different <laughs> from what what you what your approach has been in that I will just create a folder on my desktop and that's where I put everything, oh, so okay. that my desktop right. looks clean, mm-hmm. but under the hood there is actually this mess of oh. files. How do you uh, like? What kinds of why? That's oh, I this that's is uh, organization, right. the genius, the creative. Okay, that's maybe how, that's there. I'll take it. That's yeah. how I make my email mm-hmm. look organized. Right. I get so many emails, and then I just have created a folder for every single person who's ever sent me an email. And I'm like, mm, wow, that goes in the Robbie folder. <laughs> I just have that a goes rule: in the Sarah a folder. single filter that moves everything into a different folder, oh, that's so not. that the inbox is yes. clean. Wow. That would work. Actually, that would work. And it, yeah. it makes my inbox, inbox look like I do things. Mm. I, I am very big on redundancy. So I save mm-hmm. copies of copies of copies. You use mm-hmm. Photoshop so you know what it's like to have a PSD file and lose your work. And all those layers that you've spent hours and hours working on to lose that PSD. Yeah. And you, you have a ping, but your PSD is gone. And now you're, you know, what do you do? So I have file1.psd, file2.psd, file3.psd. So they're all the same thing at different Mm -hmm. iterations of the file Mm -hmm. with various ways of being able to go back in time. Right, right. But I never, ever lose more than, say, one session's work because I always save as an incremental number. But then at the end of the day, I end up with a folder filled with 
tons and tons of these redundant files. Yeah, I think that's a great system, though, numbering it like that, because I think, I mean, in terms of my organization of folders, mm -hmm. this is something I, I don't know, maybe I did a number of years of admin work. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this kind of started me off very early in terms of folder organization. Um, but in terms of, actually, I have the reverse problem, though, in terms of... Uh, Anything graphic design related or graphics related, mm -hmm. nightmare. You know, five different you know files named with the n word final in it, right? right like yeah, I think yeah. that system is final actually B. excellent. Final yeah, C. I have exactly. those too. And then a folder that's named that's final. That's the creative and then genius in us. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, if you're doing graphic design, man, that's uh, or if you're using those kinds of files, video they're, editing, they're so yeah. weighty, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's. I think that's an excellent solution. Probably to add to that, I think the only thing that can be done if your files are disorganized um, the way I do it or have done it is to clean it up right after you finish that particular piece of work because that's when you remember okay. which ones are which. Right. And after that, it's just a nightmare. Like after mm -hmm. that, you open it up and it's like, like. Thank you, <laughs> sort by date. <laughs> I can show you my graphic design folder, actually. Right. It's probably, Let's see how Shizu does this. It's, oh, it's horrendous, okay? So this is the, the worst. Oh, under the hood, folks. <clears throat> yeah, you're not nearly as bad as me, though. That's not bad uh, at all. Well, I mean, this is, this is because... Why? Uh, maybe because I haven't done graphic design too much. If you okay. looked at my old Mac, it would be was it over a lot worse. Yeah. However, uh, <laughs> contrary to everything graphic design, uh, my other folders are all right. So folder organization. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What's, what's, so you have the approach of putting a folder on your desktop. I organize everything by date. By date? So... When I create a folder, it's wow. like today it would be, the folder name would be 2018-0704-whatever it is that I'm working on. I do that too, yeah. yeah. So that's, mm. that's my project mm. folders. And that's how I do everything. Right. So what would you do? Like, so I'll just show you what I have sure. here. Um, so I have, these are basically all my document folders. Mm -hmm. Would this look similar to what you would... Oh, no, mine is okay. much longer. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, I'll show you. So basically what I did is these are all the folders I actually have used since yeah. um, last year, 2017. Mm -hmm. And the, the only thing that I've altered for this show is the sensitive docs. I created another. Okay. And the sensitive docs really is just actually any folders that have more personal things in sure. it. So yeah, no, that makes actually, sense. Actually, I literally have one called docs, which is a bit of my miscellaneous mm -hmm. folder. Uh, and then money is anything related to money. Mm -hmm. Uh, photos, of course, photos like Facebook photos, family photos, and writing. Um, I have, you know, my folders 2017, 2018, and mm -hmm. then I just, I name my documents as you do, so that even if they're altered later, it'll still say 2018 dash, right. you know, 4 dash April dash 24, whatever. So, mm -hmm. okay. um, yeah. So I think that's, I mean, I'll show you some of these folders, but they're like my classes. It, it looks incredibly organized to me. Yeah. And, and I'm interested mm. to hear, I know the chat room has been, has been chatting away. I don't know if you've caught much of it. And I'm sorry that I, you know, I'm not really monitoring the chat room very well tonight. Um, but I think just getting it through, uh, through my mind that, hey, I need to be this organized. I would love to be that organized. I would also love to be that organized. Yeah. I appear that organized from day to day. <laughs> 
Don't open the one folder on my desktop. Right, exactly. <laughs> Unhide but my icons. But is that an order that you can understand, though? At least if it's, if it's within your own language, then do you ever lose yeah. documents? Or uh, Shizu, what, what is, no, I don't lose things um, okay. so, because I name things very verbosely. Oh, and so I'm well, able to great. do a search yeah. within file names. Uh, I can use find in the Linux terminal and I can find anything that I'm looking for. That's great. Where I run into trouble is my projects transcend the folder structure of documents, graphic design, video production. Oh. Because I'm working on things like a logo for a video and, okay. and things like that. So it, it makes right. it really hard to organize in that way. Oh, I see. So that's where the dating really helps. Ah. Organizing by date. Okay. So when you're looking for files, let's say you're looking for a logo for a video project that you did mm -hmm. last month, how, so, how would you go about that? So for example, there's a Category 5 folder on my server, and in Category 5 uh, is a breakdown of every show. So Technology TV is this show, mm -hmm. and within that folder there's graphics, the, okay. backgrounds, animated backgrounds, um, okay. things like that, yeah. um, video assets. Um, and then they're organized by seasons. So season four is different from season seven, from season 11. Right, of course. So, and so I can always find what I'm looking for that way. But then I do end up with a lot of old stuff. Old oh. junk. It's really good that you're not like, hey, Sasha, do you want to organize my stuff for me? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not at all how I would do it. No? <laughs> how would you do it? Oh, I would literally just have one folder and it would be like, I wouldn't think to subcategorize by anything. Mm. It would just all be in there with the assumption that I could go into there and then click the search bar and then just search like right. at random some words that I know are part of that. Like, like fork that makes broccoli taste like chocolate. Like, I feel like I would search she that. She actually has that document. Right? That's, the, that's right on the top. I'm, like, I'm sure. It's sort of by somewhere. priority. It's a one, one. <laughs> chocolate tasting broccoli <laughs> exactly i'd be interested to know what our community thinks and and what sure. our community is uh, is doing to keep files organized uh, maybe something shizu has shared with us has inspired you to do things a little bit differently maybe in in work or at home and uh, we'd love to hear from you if you could comment below if you're watching this on facebook on facebook youtube uh wherever you are uh or if you're watching this on cable tv uh make sure you get onto our website category5.tv and click on contact us and uh, we'll be sure to share your story uh, with Shizu and the rest of the community as well. Anything, any final thoughts that before, because I don't want to cut you off. Oh, okay. So final thoughts. Final thoughts, can folks. You, can you tell the t-shirt story? Sure. Thanks. So when I was oh, doing yes. the cleanup of my space. So this is back to the book, The Life-Changing yes, Magic of Tidying Up. When I was cleaning out my space, um, the idea is you hold on to everything that is magic and joyful and just you, is like brilliant to you. And I came across this t-shirt which is a t-shirt i wear at night and it's so comfy you've had that a while yeah i've had it it's since, like threadbare yeah i like. bought it i think at zara <laughs> in japan in like tokyo wow. or something so okay. it was like 2008 and it's like my favorite shirt ever like it yeah. just the way it feels when i wear it so i wear it at night and i actually because it didn't look good like it's it's a little fade it's faded by nature Right. And it's a little bit more, a tiny bit more faded now, but I think it's actually supposed to be this faded. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's back in now. <laughs> <laughs> it's come around. It's, it, it's lasted. Um, but basically the idea is that this shirt I actually threw out with my bags of stuff because it didn't look good. And mm. I was like, I cried. I actually literally cried. And this was a hard thing to let go of. But um, That's our old mindset of 
wanting to get rid of stuff to declutter. Yeah. And it and hurts. Yeah, it hurts. It hurt. And it does not hurt when I throw away my fat shirts. <laughs> Every object has a different spirit to it, I'm telling you. I have a guitar, and I, I literally, I belted it in on my way over here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I know it's weird, but I, I can't help it. That thing is beautiful. So this shirt, um, I threw out, but I sneakily actually took it back because I liked it that much. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't actually gotten to the portion of the book where Mary Kondo says, oh, it's cool to keep like one or two things that are, you know, on the sly, things that you really like, like a pajama mm-hmm. shirt. And I was like, cool. She gave me the thumbs up. Um... I could probably speak more on the whole, on the open portal that actually created with regards to disorganization and messiness and prioritization and the idea that having a messy room is actually, in some times and circumstances, the better thing to do, in my opinion. but I'm not a famous superstar. <laughs> I don't know what my authority is based on. But uh, for those of you who are interested in finding out more about being disorganized and what that relates to, uh, Robbie was exactly right. It is to do with uh, creativity, intelligence. It's also yes. to do with um, yes. being a bricoleur. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about the anthropologist, Claude Levi Strauss. Anyway, all sorts of great things. But please do Google search that because that actually changed uh, my perspective on things. And that's the uh, asterisk that is a little bit of a mystery, just a Google search away. There you go. And we still have the book in our shop as well, cat5.tv slash tidy. How has that, just as a final thought, how Mm -hmm. has that mindset of holding on to something that you otherwise would have discarded, how has that transcended to your MacBook and your organization technologically? Have there been any of those files that you might have removed but have held on to? Um, Well, this is the miracle of technology. You can actually be a little more infinite with what Mm. you have. You're not limited to the same amount of confined space. Yeah, I mean, you can keep all of those shows on your computer, and it's not like a heavy load, unless you can't find it, which is another, you know, that's... Could you imagine? It just just dawned on me. Like, every single Netflix Hmm. show, we'll say, but on a VHS. Like, could you imagine if you had that whole library or catalog of things you can watch, but as things? That would be horrid. (laughs) (laughs) On a single VHS? Like, no, I'm talking about, like, if... A metaphorical VHS. Like, if you had VHS tapes for every show. Right, right? exactly. But now we don't have that. We're, like, technically... Now we're technologically... Yeah, we're minimalists, really, Mm -hmm. now, as far as, like, it's all on a computer, and you don't have to have, you know, bookcases full of VHS. Yeah, my phone can have thousands upon thousands of full-length CDs on it. Yeah. Yes, and I think that's the, I mean, it it sounds a bit messianic, that's that's a horrendous (laughs) word for it, but, I mean, technology really has this capability of allowing us to stay organized, focused, but Mm -hmm. also to allow us to, like, allow our creativity to flourish right yeah. and and if that means the manifestation of that is the like a, a trillion files which can be organized in certain ways then that's what it is but that's the amazing part about it so that would be my application is creativity away on on your computers 
And so that brings us back to kind of the technology TV end of things where I need to say, make sure you back up your files, folks. Yes. Make sure you've got a backup because I'd hate to see you lose that millions and trillions of files that Shizu has just oh. given you permission to have. On that note, can I do a 17 second thing? Absolutely. Okay. Because speaking of creativity, I have a little video and it's literally 17 seconds. All right, folks. Slow rap, making it easier to rhyme. Pulling out the choice of syllable in the nick of time. Rapping real fast makes it hard to understand. Google such another lyrics and disservice to your fans. Slow Guys rap, battle, <laughs> 60 BPM, resting comfortable with a skier, elite Olympian. All right. We can't hear it here in the studio. <laughs> that <laughs> was a awesome. back in That post. was a rap. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sweet. Yo. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, Shizu, for uh, for sharing with us tonight. Um, do check out the book uh, by Mary Kondo, uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up at cat5.tv slash tidy. It really is uh, a, a game changer. And I know it sounds kind of silly. It's a tidying kind of thing, but it really works. Well, when your space feels good to you, mm -hmm. like if it's not overwhelming to walk into your home because all of a sudden you're looking around and it's just simple. It's all the things that you like and it's organized. It's like your brain can relax when you get home and then life gets better. So, so we've got to head on over to the newsroom. Hey, Sasha. Hello. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. Amazon has purchased PillPack, an online pharmacy, for nearly $1 billion. Adidas warned late on Thursday that hackers may have taken customer data from its U.S. website. An experimental robot with an animated cartoon face has been sent to the International Space Station on board a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. And Facebook is giving up on its plan to create drones that beam down internet connectivity. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. well, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Amazon has purchased PillPack, an online pharmacy, for nearly $1 billion. A week after appointing a CEO for its healthcare joint venture with Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan, Amazon announced on Thursday an acquisition that underscores how it also hopes to have a more direct and more commercial role in the world of healthcare in the coming years. The company has purchased PillPack, an online pharmacy that lets users buy medications in pre-made doses. Terms of 
the deal have not been disclosed by Amazon, but sources close to the deal say that it was for just under $1 billion. PillPack had reportedly been in talks with Walmart for an acquisition, but Amazon came along offering more. PillPack has a license to operate in all 50 states in the U.S., but it doesn't seem to be operational in international markets. Um, in the pharmacy OS, the system that it built, that built it built that forms the basis of the company is a platform that helps manage patient data and figure out how to balance medications together in safe doses for its customers. PillPack was last valued at $361 million after a round of funding in 2016. This deal is expected to close in the second half of 2018. It just goes to show how much they're banking on this being a success that they'd pay like right. three times its value. Well, of course it's going to be an, a success in that when you when you watch any amount of TV and you see the commercials for medications, like they're constant. <laughs> so I get that. But I also, I mean, I have a, a far more, um, I guess, a preventative healthcare kind of mindset. So I worry about people being able to just order off of Amazon medications that may or may not be best for them. I'm assuming they'll have to Mm. produce some amount of prescription for some of the Right, like there must be. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine be, so. There would have to be some medical yeah, I'm sure right? connection. Yeah, that. but yeah, then it's sure. not. E- it's not even just that. It's the fact that Amazon recently has had that couple that were charged in the fraud, where they were receiving things and then saying that they were damaged or they hadn't received them. Right, and okay. they were able to scam Amazon for tons of money. I can't remember what the exact figure is. So now when you're putting in pharmaceuticals into Mm -hmm. the mix, and those are sometimes life-saving and sometimes very addictive. Um, So you're doing that and you're expecting people to leave the packages on the doorsteps? I can't, yeah. Right? And I can't sit in front of Amazon and control myself. Right. I buy what Amazon tells me I need to buy. Right. Oh, you also probably want to add this to your cart. You know, how many people are falling into that? So now when it comes to medication, that's a whole other can of worms. Exactly. And I know that in Canada it's different, but in the States I know, well, it's not completely different in Canada, to be honest. But doctors do make a, a lot of money on, on kickbacks for medications that they'll prescribe, right? So. Yes. How does that change things? Right. So then if you're in a doctor's office and they have a computer, (laughs) right, and they give you a prescription, are you then going to feel more pressure to actually Mm. fill that prescription? Because it's that easy versus perhaps going home thinking about it and think, oh, wait, maybe I can do that with diet and exercise as opposed to a pill. I wonder, too, though, because this has to be shipped to you. Yeah. So you're looking at two-day shipping, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this more like for people who... This is just a kind of a rhetorical question, but is it more for people who are on regular medications? Things that Maybe. are recurring mm-hmm. um, treatments, essentially. This is where I, I kind of side with Jeff in that there should be like a human component to it. I like the idea that Walmart would have bought PillPack because you have, have to pharmacy, go physical to the, pharmacy, yeah, you have to yeah. go and see a person and that person will say, oh wait, no, you don't look like you need this. It's going to, you know, 
maybe mm-hmm. take that instead. Well, I think having a couple of options is good, right? And I think the idea of you know whether medications are healthy or whether there are alternative ways that's that's one side of an, a, maybe a, a, a different argument. I think this is just another way of con- consumption, right? So right. in terms of the scammers, you know, you have the proverbial man who grabs like goes to a doctor you know a, a doctor could be a naturopath even grabs like 10 sheets of prescriptions and just does the mm-hmm. signing Ex- that doctors yes. do and you have the same problem right mm-hmm. so um because I, I think this could be of benefit to people who are taking medications or who go to a pharmacy regularly but maybe want a little more mm. privacy right um it would be good for people who can't travel outside That's their home. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the elderly or infirm sure. who need their prescriptions filled. I guess the other Amazon story about the couple that scammed Amazon. That's, That's you it's edge? just too recent yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I can understand that yeah. Yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Adidas warned late on Thursday that hackers may have lifted customer data from its U.S. website. The sportswear maker said that personal data, including contact information, addresses, and email addresses, and encrypted passwords may have fallen into the hands of criminals, but was able to reassure customers that neither financial nor fitness information was at risk. According to the preliminary investigation, the limited data includes contact information, usernames, and encrypted passwords, it said. Um, Adidas has no reason to believe that any credit card or fitness information of those consumers was impacted. The company has notified law enforcement and brought in experts to help investigate the breach, which Adidas says it became aware of on the 26th of June after claims by an unauthorized party implying that the breach was only detected once hackers attempted to sell the data. This leaves an as-of-yet unspecified number of customers at heightened risk of unusually convincing phishing emails. Extra vigilance and changing passwords is advisable. Gotcha. So that's the fear when you have a data theft like this. It's like, oh, well, my username, I can change my username. Mm -hmm. Right. What if you didn't hear the story and you get that phone call? You deal with this every day. Yes. There's definitely an educational process that I feel at some point should be put into schools, actually. Mm -hmm. That's smart, yeah. Because I think that the young people as well as people in older generations, even myself going through cybersecurity training, mm-hmm. um, learning about some of the basics now, what's considered basic now in, in terms of internet mm-hmm. use, um, is not basic from 10 years ago. And it's not basic sure. from 20 right. years ago. And if be- they have yeah. personal information about you, yep. it can be very convincing. Yeah. Yes. That phone call, yep. that that's fake email or that fake snail mail, right. if they have your address, they can send you actual letterhead looking, you know, government documents yeah. for collections I mean, or whatever. I mean, even things like clicking on a email that looks kind of funny or even by accident, it mm-hmm. it signaled that you clicked on something right. and that you're a real person and that you should be sent right. more. So mm. these kinds of things are, are a funny email that you're just like, oh, that's kind of funny, you know, some scam, blah, 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 and you open it up just for fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's signaling that you're a real person. And these kinds of things Mm-hmm. Um, are items that, like for myself mm-hmm. especially, I've learned a lot in, in the last, mm-hmm. even even just the last couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much to know to prevent these things from happening. Right. With how often this is happening, and it always says at the end of every story I read, change your password. How often really should I be changing my password? Mm. Right? Because I know no matter what, we're all at risk. 
at some point from some this is adidas like this doesn't seem like something that you would even care about but eventually you have to if i can put one piece of advice onto that before answering the question directly it would be don't replicate the passwords Mm -hmm. across multiple Mm -hmm. platforms so Mm -hmm. if somebody compromised my adidas account now we understand that these are encrypted passwords but encryption can be decrypted and as soon as they figure out the master key Mm -hmm. they can decrypt that so Mm -hmm. then they'll have a database full of passwords so if you've also used that adidas password as the example Mm -hmm. on online banking or on your email oh oh dear now they've got access to that as well so they already have your email address and now they've decrypted your password you've used that same password now they can access your email if it's gmail maybe they change your password and then they do a forgot password on your online banking to Mm -hmm. get access to that so never replicate Mm -hmm. the same password across Mm -hmm. many different platforms and I, we've done it before where people use like the password generator or calculator or there's a formula. Oh, right? the, like right? a password recipe? Yes, a password recipe. Yeah, that's so kind that of my strategy is to have a recipe for passwords so that you don't ever, you don't ever write down your password. You write mm-hmm. down the recipe for the password. Right. Um, so... Uh, and I'll refer you back to our website. Go to category5.tv, do a quick mm-hmm. search for password recipe, and you'll learn all about that. But I think it's a, a very valid way to do it. So I would look at something like, okay, if my desk here, I've got a Bluetooth keyboard, I've got another Bluetooth keyboard, I've got a laptop, so I think of a recipe. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, And the recipe becomes my password. So laptop is part of the recipe, but the actual password is... Dell. Um, I've got uh, a counter over here and its name is Tim. So I'll maybe put my recipe is now laptop counter keyboard and my my password is now Dell Tim Artec. Right. So I never wrote down Dell Tim Artec. I wrote down laptop timer keyboard. keyboard. Smart. So it's a recipe for that password. I'll never forget it. Right. Nobody will ever guess it. Yeah. Nobody will even figure it out if they see my note. Yeah. Right. This, this story could prompt everybody to go ahead and change their passwords, which would be great. You sh- should be doing that often. Mm-hmm. But it's really important once you change your password to know your password. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the problem. Password like, we'll, managers yeah. help big yeah. time. Yeah. So I have a, a master password for my password manager that is based on my password recipe. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you my password recipe and you never guess my password. Mm-hmm. You'll never figure it out. But that master password now unlocks all of these crazy 64 digit random strings mm-hmm. that are my actual passwords mm-hmm. to Twitter, my mm-hmm. online banking, all these things. Yeah. So, but I only need to remember my password recipe. Right. Mm-hmm. How comfortable are you in that you don't change your passwords that often or do you? Anytime I have an ex, I hear of an exploit. So I yeah. subscribe. I subscribe to a service um, called MI Owned, and with that service, they will email you if any of your information is ever yes, owned. Oh, and and so it's it's a helpful service. And so I get an email when, oh, okay, LinkedIn just got hacked, and my email address, password, and some other information has been exploited. So now. I go on to LinkedIn and I change my password. But my password on LinkedIn is completely separate from everything else. Right. I never had to remember the LinkedIn password because it's randomly generated by my password generator. And I'm just memorizing my master password recipe. 
Perfect. Thank you. And Robbie, you probably wouldn't be able to do all of those things if you were a perfectly organized person. <laughs> you don't think? Well, something in there. Sorry. Um, you know what? I had my piece. I'm just going to set that aside. <laughs> Let me just say that that's just brilliant. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Phew. Oh, I'm not in trouble. <laughs> no. I'm not in trouble for being disorganized. Perfect. Not in any way. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> An experimental robot with an animated cartoon face has been sent to the International Space Station on board a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Dubbed Simon, short for Crew Interactive Mobile Companion, the device is intended as an AI-based assistant for astronauts. Simon weighs 5 kilograms here on Earth, but in zero gravity it will float and move itself around using 14 internal fans. It is an attempt to find out whether robots and astronauts can collaborate. To this end, Simon is equipped with microphones and cameras that help it recognize Alexander Gerst, the German astronaut with whom he will work. It will work. An offline button has been designed for Simon, which allows Gerst to avoid having audio streamed to servers on Earth during moments of privacy. IBM engineer Matthias Biniak said, right now our main mission is, the, is to support the astronauts with their daily tasks to save time, because time is the most valuable and most expensive thing on the ISS. Simon, which speaks English, was developed by Airbus and IBM for the German National Space Agency, DLR. It will be able to give astronauts instructions to help them carry out scientific experiments and will be able to respond to verbal questions as well. Okay. I, of course, love this okay. and already would like a Simon. <laughs> and zero G. Yeah. Be helpful. All wow. these things take me back to the Mars mission and how this could so easily be translated to that. And I wonder if that's the direction. I bet. I wonder whether or not they could use this idea, obviously not with fans whizzing around so that there's a robot just floating in space, but in places where people are typically isolated right so deep sea missions or oh. or you know secret servicey sort of things right people where people need to feel like they have interactions even maybe prison right. systems where you really just need to feel a connect but can't easily i think that's interesting because um i feel that connection is is Maybe I'm a traditionalist. I just feel that the connection part and feeling connected is is a people thing, uh. and that and that AI creates. But I don't know. Who knows? But the part I do like about uh, Simon is the fact that it has a face. That's kind of cool. I want to see the face. It's actually, adorable. it probably is adorable, right? <laughs> and I think the benefits of such a program is that they can stay real chill when they're giving instructions. I think that's a that's a great benefit. <laughs> right. And and being offline too, that's kind of nice, you know, a little bit of privacy when you're, you know, maybe having a stress moment, let's say when you're trying to do A, B and C, that does that right. doesn't have to be recorded. I think that's brilliant. It's very friendly. Yeah, yeah. She's a friendly it's very case. nice. I don't know that you need to have another person for a connection. I just watched a hilarious um, Netflix movie called Tao. And it is, I don't want to spoil it in any way, and I don't need you to watch it, but it's great. It's about, <laughs> it's about a house, like a completely automated house, mm -hmm. and the captive inside of it, and how she bonds with the house. Dave. Dave. He looks up. <laughs> it's, a, it's good. Yes, and, Hal? <laughs> see, 
it's the sort of situation where I can see where AI can take you to emotional places. I think being able to take AI off of the phone, off of the Alexa devices, off of the Google Home, and put it into um, this is a rudimentary kind of you know mock-up test for right. the space station. But as I say. Could something like this make its way to the Mars mission when it occurs and, and yeah. be a tool of information? Because right. in space travel, you're not going to have access to Wikipedia. You're not going to have access to YouTube where you can learn how to fix a lawnmower. <laughs> yes. I know what a carburetor is now. Um, <laughs> but So now take that, put it into the confines of this box and yeah. turn it into something that is a, a, a tool for those same purposes that we use Wikipedia and YouTube for. Exactly. Interesting. You know, I think that I I wonder, and I know I'm playing a bit of the devil's advocate here, um, but I wonder though if, like, let's say you were going on a space mission into infinity, and let's just just say, let's just say you're just gone for a long time, and once you come back, let's say you don't come back, then I think having an AI would be like fantastic Mm. because they can interact with you, and you don't have to worry about. You know the the perfection of that interaction, blinding right. you a little bit to how people really are, which is like a little unpredictable, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and not just an unpredictable, but human. Like we're human, we make mistakes. So maybe the AI, if it were, you know, imperfect the way we are, I think that would work. Right. But a perfect, you know, because what I notice, for example, when I use Google Maps. Mm-hmm. I go in the wrong direction and the, the Google Maps person is just like, oh, just keep on going along this and just take a left. And it's, it's super cool because I, I'm basically never making a mistake. They're I not am, judging you. I am <laughs> making a mistake big time, but it's very non-judgmental and it helps mm-hmm. because I'm able right. to drive calmly and not worry that I made a mistake. Okay. But imagine having interactions consistently with an AI and everything you say goes. Imagine I'm coming okay back to the planet Earth and then, you know, there should be mistakes because we're human. And yeah. anyway, this is going probably into a different yeah. direction. Um, Ger- but Ger- I, I, mind yeah. is going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. thinking about lucky that Gers gets Simon and they gave Tom Hanks in Castaway yeah. uh, volleyball. <laughs> so My final thought on this one is uh, I, because it takes me to Hal in 2001 Space Odyssey and you don't want that to occur. Mm-hmm. What I like mm. about this is it's, it's autonomous and disconnected. Mm-hmm. This is something that I can interact with as a cosmonaut or astronaut and um, not fear it taking over oh, my ship yeah, yeah. or my space yeah. station or the exactly. breathing <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> right. right. Final thought. <laughs> Another Facebook story. Facebook Mm. is giving up on its plan to create drones that beam down internet connectivity. Project Tequila, first announced in 2014, failed to achieve the long flight times managed by airborne connectivity efforts from the rivals, including Google. In one test, Facebook's craft suffered a broken wing as it came down into land. The company said that it would instead partner with firms such as Airbus to continue its efforts to connect more people to the internet. The decision means that the closure of a facility in Bridgewater, UK, that had been used to build the technology... In a blog post, Facebook's Director of Engineering, Yale McGuire, said it's been exciting to see leading companies in the aerospace industry start investigating this technology 
two, including the design and construction of new high-altitude aircraft. He goes on to say, given these developments, we've decided not to design or build our own aircraft any longer. The Project Aquila craft had the wingspan of a Boeing 737 and weighed the same as a typical family car. It was solar powered during the day and battery powered at night and in testing managed 90 minutes in the air. However, Facebook's effort paled in comparison to Project Loon, a similar idea using high altitude balloons rather than drones. It is being worked on by X, the experimental arm of the Google parent company Alphabet. Project Loon balloons have flown more than 15 million miles of tests with the longest continuous flight lasting almost 190 days. In 2017, the balloons were used by residents of hurricane-ravaged Puerto Rico. So Project Loon always gets the win for me. I know. But Facebook, you know how I feel about you, but Facebook it needs to focus on what it's really great at. And it's not beaming internet down via drones, it turns out. But I, I, I hear some kind of subtle nuance to what you're saying in the story in that Google, yes, Alphabet, Project Loon, yes. these are all separate entities where Facebook is Facebook, right? social media platform, and has its hands in so many different things. Mm-hmm. I think Google's approach is going to is, is uh, they are successful as uh, unimaginably successful right. and I think that approach is part of that to to um, to specialize. Yes. And create companies that specialize within a blanket of alphabet. Exactly. So I think initially I'd be sad that this is coming to a close this is something that we were really excited about yes but to know that a big company like google has taken over the um the 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 acceleration to being able to bring not stratospherical and they've already they've already done it they already helped residents of puerto rico they were able to keep those balloons in the air i remember when we were talking about it happening yeah i love it and i again you know why am i thinking about mars all the time i don't know but I'm thinking about how the balloons can right. be, a, you know, a connection to Earth and, you know, maybe get these up in the air. Who in, knows, Up in the right? stratosphere I can't, s- the, but yeah. drones just don't seem the way to go. And maybe well, that's what they realized and said, hey. Drones, I mean, if you needed just 90 minutes of yeah. <laughs> internet, you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So... Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm She's the Yamaguchi, a.k.a. She's the Yam. She's the Yam. Seize the day and she's the am. <laughs> Have a wonderful week. It's been so great having you all here with us. Please remember to check out our website, category5.tv. Don't forget to search for life-changing magic of tidying up. Is that what it's called? Did Absolutely, right? yes. 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 On our website, category5.tv, click on search, and you'll be able to check out um, Shizu's previous um, time that you were on the show and learn a little bit more about that. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you.